1: And Welcome to another episode of A Matter of Truth. This is episode 28. My name is Anthony and I'm joined with my co-host Alex for the second episode in a row. Two, Two time. times. Yeah we're we, making we, we need to, progress. We need to write this down. Yeah 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 yeah. This is great to have you back on. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. It is.
2: It is. It is tremendous blessing to partake in recording with you and you know, I find it interesting. You and I were supposed to do an episode yesterday in record or was it Wednesday at one of the days Wednesday and and it just was so chaotic in my house and I'm like, I, I I can't I can't dedicate an hour to to have a conversation with you. But we have been penciling this particular episode in for months. Yeah. And we
1: finally made it happen. Yeah, we did. Totally stoked. Yeah. I'm super excited about this episode and just a little bit of a backstory on the episode. We've been planning this for a while, like you'd mentioned. And, uh, I mean, months and months and months ago, we talked about having this particular individual who contacted us and we contacted him back about having him on here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'm super excited to dig into this and our guest is not Alex, right? It's, uh, Alex, you're not the guest this time. <laughs> nope, it's <laughs> not me. We have a third wheel this yeah, time. We, yeah, we do. We have a third <laughs> wheel. Uh, his name is Dave Jenkins. He serves as the executive director of Servants of Grace Ministries, the executive editor of Theology Life magazine, and is the host for the Equipping You in Grace podcast. He's a writer, editor, wow. speaker who Also, runs a website servantsofgrace.org. I can't believe I got all that out today. Today, we're going to be discussing his book on biblical illiteracy and dig into the book. uh, The Word Explored the Problem of Biblical Illiteracy and What to Do About It. So, we are super excited to welcome Dave Jenkins.
3: Yeah. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for the honor of coming on your show. I, you know, uh, you know, we we all had like I think COVID at one point, and so you know it's been kind yeah. of nuts since the last couple of months. But I'm um, I'm excited to to be here. I enjoy following you guys, so thank you.
1: We appreciate you taking the time to uh, out of your day to to be here, and I'm super excited to talk about this book. Um, and uh, this is a topic that Alex and I have. On multiple multiple episodes throughout uh, a matter of truth, we've talked about we've talked about this a bunch, right, Alex? Mm-hmm. On biblical illiteracy, um in the past, yeah, all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it, it's one of those things that even when we're
2: not recording, and I keep coming back. I'm like, boy, we really should have recorded this yeah. two and a half hour conversation because we just it's just something that's so
1: pressing to our hearts. Yep, that. Man, it's just, it's it's got to be spoken of. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about the book um, is it addresses the issue head on. It, a major issue, uh, an epidemic amongst uh, not only pastors and churches, it's, you know, the church as a whole, congregations, uh, people just, um, they don't dig into scripture. Uh, and it, the book offers solutions and how to study and how to read scripture, which is, which is great Uh, We know Christians, as Christians, we're, we're never to stop growing and learning in the word so david i gave a little bit of background about your about you why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about uh yourself some background and i know you spent five years actually studying the subject in the bible college and seminary is what i read so i'll turn it over to
3: you yeah i was saved i was saved by the sovereign grace of god at the age of age of five sitting in my mom's lap i just recognized i needed jesus uh and uh fast forwarding quite a lot i, I started servants of grace at the age of 19 and, uh, I'm now 40 I'm I married my beautiful wife Sarah who's my best friend at the age of 26 uh, you pretty much nailed everything else I I oversee manage everything about servants of grace um, including our various podcasts and our magazine and I also serve as a pulpit supply preacher in Southern Oregon I do write articles as well um, you know I write for modern Reformation when they'll have me and uh, I write for Reformation 21 and um I occasionally write for core Christianity but I've also written everywhere but that's that's a long story and uh I write books obviously this one uh that we're going to talk about today I have two in the pipeline and uh two more projects I'm waiting to get book contracts on so uh in, in terms of to wow. your question comment about uh yeah I I I started uh I so I looked at the statistics uh talking about the book and then I was like, then I started thinking about this issue, and then, as I always do with any major thing in my life, uh, or even small, I talked to my wife, and she's like, "Hey, um, you should uh, you know write this should be your first book, not your you know your second book uh, so I the next book that I'm writing uh, became the second book, and this became the first book, and by God's grace, I got a contract. And uh, so just looking at the stats, I just was like thinking about it and uh, realized, wow, this has been an issue like for my entire ministry, and it's something that I'm actually really passionate about. It's something I can write about because of uh, my education and uh, I have a master's degree in, in the Bible which doesn't mean I've mastered the Bible as people. It's like, oh, you mastered the Bible. It's like, no, no, no doofus. <laughs> I didn't master the Bible. The Bible mastered me, if anything. Uh, and it continues to do yeah, so. man, I like you that. You know, and uh, so, yeah. And I, and I say that, like, funny and goofy. Like, if you were able to see my face, I just made, like, a face, you know? Because it's like, really, dude? Like, come on, man. Um, You know, what's wrong with you people? As R.C. spraw would say. Uh, but but seriously, <laughs> seriously, like, it's... it's um it's a joy and i have a master of divinity in in ministry and so i just i have a heart for the bible and uh commit myself to you know teaching and preaching the bible writing about the bible and uh in all its facets and you know obviously i'm i'm a reformed baptist and so that you know but bible first bible first and you know we we yeah. can use church history and like i've i've written on this and uh in the book and so uh yeah yeah, that's that's a little bit, I guess, about about that in the book. Um, so
1: okay, let's jump right into uh, the to, into the book, uh, biblical literacy, the the topic. Um, so, what was your process like for for writing this book? And if you could just talk about uh, the epidemic of biblical literacy in the church and and within uh, the congregation, what it means and what it looks like, because I. I know what it looks like. um, You can turn on the TV, you can go on social media, you can turn on the radio and you clearly see what it kind of looks like. And, you know, I hate to kind of name names, but you have to, (laughs) and I will. So, I mean, people like Joel Osteen, Stephen Furtick, uh, Bethel, Bill Johnson, so many others, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. And I'm going to actually, you know, see if Alex, do you have anything um, to add uh, before he kind of goes into it, well, it, it, I do agree. You know, just just
2: fundamental biblical literacy is missing in the church at, by and large, and and I and I experience that as being a pastor. I see, you know, as much as I love my church and I love my congregation, they are just they're lacking in just basic stuff, and by basic, I mean you know they they know. Um, uh, they, they know the gospel they know that uh, you know that it is only by Christ that saves them but they don't they don't read or take the time to read anything that's going to be you know uh, in depth or to study and for instance uh, in my church I'm going through the uh, uh, prophet Hosea for a Bible study and that's a complicated that's a complicated book and it's not really for the faint of heart. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it's helping my congregation to see the Old Testament in the light that it was written and, and how it always is continuously pointing us to Christ. And so we, we have this just massive gap and, you know, in these big churches, these big box churches, it's all about you and your feelings and emotionalism, and it's nothing about scripture. End of End of rant.
3: <laughs> no, that's 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 really good. You know, I I think that it's so awesome that you're, you know, focusing on the word and tackling difficult books because I mean we we need that in, in the church. We'll we'll talk about that towards the end. But um in the book I'm really aiming to do three three things yeah. and that's to help Christians, you know, very basically, like Alex talked about, you know, we don't know the basics um and, and i could talk about that a long time as well but uh you know loving the lord loving the church and loving the word are really three of the things that i'm trying to do and the big thing i realized in my own ministry and experiences most people uh we have lots of books on how to read the bible context and so on but we don't have a lot of books on why we read the bible so that's really why i wanted to to write it to get at the motivations um and 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 so that that kind of um gives a a readers an idea of why I wrote the book. But like Alex was talking about, you know, people don't know the biblical illiteracy. They don't know Um, Key facts or ideas. So biblical literacy has to do with knowing those key facts or ideas. Um, George Barna does a a study every year. Um, It's called The State of the Bible. So for 2021, he reveals that over 181 Americans opened a Bible in the last year. This number is up. Uh, 7.1% from 2020 when 169 million adults use the Bible at least occasionally. In 2021 he estimates that 128 million mm. American adults reach for the Bible with, uh, you know, some regularity. Uh, just over one-third of U.S. adults, 34% read the Bible once a week or more while half, 50% read the Bible less than twice a year, including never. In between these two extremes we find that those who read the Bible he says, uh, more than twice a year but not on a weekly basis that's 16 percent overall one in six uh u.s adults 16 percent read the bible most days during the week up from 12 percent in 2020 Uh, a few years back and i quote this in the book um in this same study the state of the bible uh barna says 82 percent of americans believe that god helps those who help themselves Is you know a bible verse even even among, mm. even among born-again I mean, Christians, 81% yeah. believe uh, that the Bible teaches a primary purpose in one's life is to take care of one's family. 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Uh, that usually gets a laugh oh, when I, whenever I mention that. Wow. Oh, yeah, uh, over 50% yeah, of graduating <laughs> high school seniors uh, thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. So uh, one big thing about this epidemic, uh, very briefly... You know, if if pastors and Bible teachers, right, we would agree, don't teach the word of God, uh, then scripture says the consequences are severe. In fact, the strongest verses in Jeremiah and in, mm. in Ezekiel uh, that, uh, that are in the Bible are, are for shepherds who fail to lead the people of God. Um, so pastors who don't teach from the word or mm. even misinterpret the word, they're failing, obviously, Captain Obvious here to shepherd the people of God. And the impact of that, it's it's absolutely massive because, right, the local church is essential to the health and, and the growth of the people of God. So I, I would say this, just one last thing, one last sentence here, that any pastor who doesn't preach the whole counsel of God to the whole people of God, they need to come under discipline for failing in, in his essential duty as defined by Scripture.
2: Yeah. Boom. Before, Anthony, That's right. I was going to say before you jump in, I, I, I wanted to really highlight something that Dave said there, that the importance mm-hmm. of preaching the whole council of God. And, and you know, it, there's, there's all different types of preaching. There's expository preaching, there's law, gospel preaching, there's historical preaching. I mean, there's all these different types, but if you're not bringing Christ into the forefront, you're failing as a pastor. And, and, and to really cap that off, we have so many big churches that fail to bring the whole council of God forward. And yet, these preachers, over and over and over again, neglect the entirety of God's word. Now, I, I you know, I, I would attest to what Peter writes in Second Peter, where you know he think, you know, he says that they are bringing their own uh, damnation upon themselves by doing so, and God allows it to happen. He allows these people to be deceived. Not that he's the one doing it, but he's allowing these, you know, millions of people to fall in line with the Joel Osteens and the Bethel
1: churches and Hillsong and all that jazz. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of capping this off, we're we're really super quick and I know I am in, um, you know, to call out biblical mm-hmm. literacy and cause we see it everywhere. And the, the thing about it is um, as Christians, you know, and when you put your faith in Christ, you're, tra- you have a transformed heart. You become a transformed in- individual. It's something only God can do. So you don't wake up the next morning having this, you know, understanding and just knowing everything about you know how to study how to interpret scripture so um this is a this is a huge huge problem because you have churches who are just baptizing 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 and you know they put it on tv they put it on the radio whatever really highlighting how many people they've baptized and i think Stephen furtick actually keeps Mm -hmm. has a database tracking numbers of, of people he's baptized but the thing about it is is the, when you are transformed, you give your life to, you 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 put your faith in Christ, I'm sorry, and that's where it begins. So, you know, the root issue you guys touched on, for me at least, because we all started in the same spot in, in, in our walk in salvation. We, we all started as babes, and this book addresses, I think, that with respect to Um, you know, the root issue in churches is, you know, what does discipleship look like? What is, you know, how do you learn, study, interpret scripture? Isn't that right, Dave?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, and so you point this out in your book. Seasoned men and women sit in our pews year in, year out, listening to the sermons of pastors and Bible study teachers who don't know how to read, study, and apply the Bible. This is a problem that is not going away, and it's one we must remedy with scripture. So I'd love for you to kind of Talk to that a little bit. I, I, I and I love the quote, so yeah. that's why I'm including it here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. I mean, right? We would we would we go back to John Calvin. You know, he left he left Geneva, right? Uh, you know, under you know he under unfortunate circumstances, and you know then then he went to Strasbourg. But then he was called back, and even in Strasbourg, he was called to preach the word, right, by Mar- Martin Bucer, and then he was brought back to because the people. Needed the word, and they, you know, the Catholic Church was going on and trying to, you know, come back into Geneva. But anyway, the point being is Calvin picked up, like, right on the next passage—I talk about this, I think, in chapter Uh, 5—but anyway, the the point is, is we need pastors who are going to do what the Reformation did, and that is to put the word central in the life of the church— because what that's going to do is it's going to affect the whole ministry of the whole church. Now, I'm going to talk about that at the end, how that works itself out, I think, uh, just some suggestions. But I think that the, if the word is going to be central, what that's, that, what that's going to do is it's going to mean that programs, first off, are not central. Uh, that's not to say that pro, programs can't be a helpful vehicle either. Um, however, programs are today often associated, right, with pragmatism and, you know, just do a program and you can get people to grow. No, the word has to be central. And what is the word? What does the spirit do? He uses the word, carries it forth to, as you said beautifully, Alex, transform people's hearts. And so we have to get people and equip them to be in the word themselves personally and corporately with, with God's word, that's going to look differently obviously you know depending on the structure of the church right your your view of uh, and the practice of church elders and and, and a lot of those things. but uh, what, what no matter what it looks like that it, it, the word is supposed to be absolutely central um and, and people need to sit need to understand what it means to sit under the word into to be under the word like all, all of us are, are are under the word whether you're a pastor or not you know we believe in the absolute authority uh, of scripture and and so you know sola scriptura is our is our battle cry and and so you know we we have to be that means that not only do we believe that but that's 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 an issue too in the church today. But also that we place ourselves under it. That it's that's for every part in every phase of our life. Whether we're listening to a sermon, whether we're preaching a sermon, whether we're writing an article, whether we're whatever. We're, 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 you know a single mom, you know, is is helping her child raise her raise him or her up in the in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and or, or a biblical counselor is counseling somebody. I mean, every single Thing of life all of our lives right are to be under and, and dictated by the word yeah so
1: many um you touched on a lot of things there and i'll just add this and then alex once you chime in here because you mm-hmm. being a pastor you can relate um, the bottom line is it's it, it, you know it starts with the pastor i mean their sole purpose is to preach as you said preach the complete gospel preach scripture in its entirety. And the pastors that don't preach that it's, it's having a horrible impact because they don't want to come under anything. A lot of these pastors, the, you know, the, the, the big ones that we see, the ones that just, they, they focus in on, um, you know, the coaching one-on-one feel, you know, uh, self-help feel good. They don't want to come under any, any authority. And I think that is what we see with, you know, whatever you want to call them, the rock star pastor. So, you know, um, I think it's you make some great points, uh, Dave. I appreciate that. And uh, Alex, what do you well, what I mean, do you think there? It, it's it, it's pretty t- tough to
2: add anything to that. I mean, those are, you know, pretty much nailing the coffin coffin shut. But, you know, from a pastoral standpoint, I've been doing it for just about a year. I'm only a couple of weeks shy of a year and I've noticed the impact of preaching a biblical message and and I and I say that from the sense mm-hmm. that my predecessor who is now retired he was a fantastic preacher he led this church for 20 years and and he was such a wonderful person I got to meet him and have you know some conversations with him and his wife absolutely love the guy but it, I was told that sometimes his preaching just it was like kind of it would go in all these different directions and, and it wasn't it was just kind of out there if you would. And and then I come in and I preach and uh, instantly I'm I'm hearing people say, well, wow, I never really heard preaching like that before. And I never hear, uh, you know, anybody actually, you know, stay to a particular focused outline on a particular passage. And. I've even had people come to me and be like, you know, I've never been more encouraged to go home and pick up my Bible than listening to you preach. Mm. And it, and that has n- there's no testament to myself or my ability, but it is God, the Holy Spirit working through me and through my sermons to these people in my congregation to bring to continually bring the gospel into their ears,
1: mm. I love that, and and you know what? That's a great segue into into this next. I'm gonna I'm gonna be quoting Dave here throughout this. <laughs> throughout, that's always scary, this brother. <laughs> or I'm, well, I'm sorry, I should have give you a heads up, buddy.
0: <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Uh, um,
1: so, so that's that's a perfect segue into um, number one. What Dave was saying about coming under authority, you know, these pastors and yeah. elders, and, and that is the call. As well as what you are talking about, the Holy Spirit. It's no, it's it's not, it's not about you. It's not about the pastor. It's about it's about preaching the word. Um, so, Dave, in your book, an- another quote that I, I noted: the Holy Spirit aims to serve and glorify Christ alone. To that end, the Holy Spirit doesn't lead people to worship or live how they want, but only according to the revealed Word of God. So, why don't you talk a little bit about that, because. The, you know, the impact of misinterpretation of scripture uh, that that that's been going on and how people worship, it's it's horrendous. I mean, and, and you see it unfolding just weekly and, you know, they the a lot of a lot of churches and a lot of uh, the sheep, the congregants, they feel as though it's up to it's, it's a personal thing. You no, know, I worship how I want to worship. You can worship how you want to worship. It's they completely they ignore the authority and it comes from scripture and what God is telling us and he He provides us the outline of how to pray Lord's Prayer, how to worship and how not to worship. I mean, you can even look in the Old Testament at what happened to Aaron's you know two sons when they disobeyed, di- disobeyed the Lord. So you, can you, do you mind digging into that a little bit? Because I love that quote. I thought that was a great quote. Another one that stuck out to me.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, what you're hitting on is, and I love it because what you're saying is, is that the Bible and our theology, you know, coming down from the Reformation and even the early churches is, is to affect all of our lives. And if it doesn't, then we see what happens. I mean, for, yeah. for Pete's sake, Bethel is four hours south of me at four about four and a half hours south of me. Okay. They're, they're all over in, in the town that I live in. And, uh, and, and I'm learning about that. I've only been in this particular area about eight, uh, almost 10 months or so. So I'm still learning. But what I'm learning is, is it's all around here in in the area that I live in. And and it, it really is a field what we have to understand and what we don't understand and, and what these types of things that you're talking about reveal is is that we would rather in preaching, teaching in, in the way that even pastors are trained and, and Bible teachers and ministry leaders, counselors are trained is mostly about their application And not about their theology. And what happens when you reverse the order, when you focus on application rather than theology, you you see it in in contemporary evangelical books – you know you you have error and and even heresy abounding and misinterpretation mishandling mm. uh, of scripture what what is a pastor to do um well i mean i'm sure alex has thoughts about this too but you know pastors ephesians 4:15 tells us very clearly they're to equip the saints for the work of ministry uh second timothy 2:15 very clearly tells us what that work it one of the works of to do is is to uh help people to rightly handle the word of God. So, you know, when we talk about a misinterpretation of scripture at a fundamental level, it's 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 a wrong view of scripture itself because how we handle the, the scripture reveals our our view of scripture itself. Um you know, yeah. pastors and Bible teachers should never misinterpret scripture, right? They, they should faithfully allow scripture to interpret scripture, you know, the analogy of faith in its context and in light of the entirety of scripture, uh, with a focus on responsibly pointing people to Jesus in every sermon, which is what I so appreciate what, what Alex just said just a second ago, um, about that. Because I mean, that, that, that's really what a pastor should do. The people should be like, wow, maybe I've never heard this kind of preaching before and it's helping me to learn it's helping me to discover so that's that's really awesome brother i love hearing that i just want to say keep that up much appreciated and you know
2: it, it it's just i when i started out the the weight of the gospel and the importance and the and the need to preach that has weighed on me and it still weighs on me even as i write my sermon today for sunday I am weighed down with this. How can I bring forth the gospel out of this particular passage and really make it impactful? And, and, and especially as we are entering into Advent season here in a couple of weeks for the church, this is a big time for us. And if you're not preaching Christ and, and his birth, then what are you doing? Okay, yeah, we'll do some Christmas stuff and oh, we'll make it mainstream and you know, we'll put up a big, you know, we'll put up all the lights and the trees and we'll have presents and we'll, you know, we'll talk about all this stuff. But if you're not talking about the purpose and the reason behind Christ being born, then you need to relinquish your position
1: as a preacher. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every every message, you know, I'm saying this as someone who attends church. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a pastor. Um, you go there. And what I'm expecting is to hear um, biblical truth, everything centered around Christ and everything from scripture and, and that discipleship, that, that teaching from the pastor, because if, if you're not being fed, then how are you to grow? How are you to learn how to do, how to interpret scripture? You'll, you'll, you'll stay in the same spot. And and we talked about this a little bit in our last mm-hmm. episode, um, Alex, uh, with respect to hermeneutics. So, if you got if you have a pastor up there, and he's rolling out his agenda, and it, it's it's not in line with Scripture, and he's talking about you know, uh, again, you know, here are ten ways to make your life better, and then proof texting to support this, you mm-hmm. know, this this sermon that is just cookie cutter. You know, you know what, what we have is then it's it's an epidemic. It's it's an epidemic they're, they're they're handing out you know this candy that becomes addictive just to feel good you go to you go to church to get your to get to get your fix to get your jesus fix and feel good and sing great songs and that's it so it's 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 a huge problem and that's what i appreciate so much about the book um dave is is how you're how you're tackling that because people hear biblical illiteracy you know you know we throw the term around but you know, really understanding that it starts with the pastors and it starts with a proper interpretation, a proper understanding and dissecting scripture to then teach and disciple up your congregation. So um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about learning and knowing scripture. So uh, Dave, you touched on this as well about this, you know, why are you doing it in your book and is it, and is it legalistic or is it not? um so you know there is a definitely a difference between you know just just reading and then studying scripture and a lot of times you hear people say well you know you're you know well, why are you studying you know or is that just you know is that a legalistic thing you know so, why not you not you talk a little bit about that and, and how you
3: how you outline that in the book? Yeah, in the book I call this a delightful duty reading the Bible because what does God yeah. what does God do? He he he's he's revealed himself in the Word. He so he delights over what God doesn't do anything. He does it all for His glory to display his, the beauty of His person and His holiness, right? And so, what does God delight? If God since God disclosed Himself in His Word, revealed Himself in His Word, He delights over that. He delights for us to read it because that's the only way that we can know God. Uh, We can't know God outside. Uh, I mean, we can. You know, Calvin said, you know, the creation is a theater of God, but specific revelation, you know, that coming from the Bible, uh, that's how we specifically get to know, you know, the Lord. And and so um, I love this quote by J.C. Ryle because I think it gets to the heart of of really why I wrote the book. And he said that true Christian delights to read the scriptures because they tell them. Uh, tell him about his beloved Savior. And and really, that's what I want to do. I want to help people understand why they read the Bible, um, and, and, uh, you know, why and how, um, so that they can grow in, in the grace and knowledge of Christ and not just sit there like, Hey, what do I actually do? Why am I actually here? Well, uh, you're reading and your, you're reading personally, uh, so that you can grow so that you'll have something right to, to share with somebody in your small group or, or to encourage somebody at, at church. Um, and, 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 and it, it, the, the applications go on and on, but th- those are just one yeah. thing that I would... I would say. So, I mean, what this does to the point about legalism, it takes us way, way past that, and and it helps us to understand
1: yeah. the real motive for Bible reading. You you almost quoted yourself, because I, I, quote, I quote Dave right here, we read the Bible because it is the means of God to help his people grow in his grace. You do a wonderful job outlining that, because I think a lot of people, and mm-hmm. Alex, you and I have had tons of conversations about, well, you know, are you reading the Bible right. just to read the Bible to check a box, you know, um, or are you, it it all, it all starts with, you know, your, the condition of your heart, your intent and how you come before the Lord. And, you know, that's, that's not legalistic. That's longing and growing through the Holy work of the Holy spirit in your life to, to want to grow. And how do you grow? Like you just said, Dave, through his word, that's how he revealed himself. So, um, yeah. You got anything to add there, um, Alex? Cause again, I know we've talked about it a ton with respect to reading scripture. I think we've
2: beaten that horse into, into the ground, but (laughs) but again it's not anything you can Uh. ever stop talking about because you can't just you can't just be like okay that topic's you know finished move on to the next it's it's in
1: every topic we talk about yeah well it's it's one of those things where again you know you can read scripture and and dave you talk about this in your book too about you know meditating meditating on the word and um but uh, you guys wanted to talk a little bit about you know Studying is studying the word is is a little bit different than just reading it is my thought and if you guys can expound on that you know again I look at uh, scripture is just that's how you get to know God it's not locking yourself in a closet and you know falling asleep and having a vision and having a dream that just you know those things not that I know of don't happen unless you're at a <laughs> church in Bethel I guess
3: do you want me to go or do you want Alex to go
2: yeah you. It's about you,
3: Dave. This is about you. This is this is about you. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You know, uh, I just think of the Pharisees, right? They they were masters of the Bible, but they didn't care really about the Bible. They didn't care about people. They were just more interested in the message of Scripture and knowledge for knowledge's sake, and to puff themselves up. But they they didn't have a transformed heart, and and that's why they tried to, you know, John five through twelve. uh, when Jesus is doing all these amazing miracles, their hearts are continually hardened um, to 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 Christ and so they they didn 't have a real knowledge, which is sad because you know in in the biblical mind knowledge is is in the heart. And so they had knowledge in in um, in a Western sense in the in the mind and not in the heart. So they're more interested in using the Bible as a club to you know smack people up over the head and and to show mm-hmm. themselves how how intellectual they are. And and that's not that's not the purpose of. You know, studying the Bible. In fact, in it, it, it was really interesting. I don't think people really understand even the force of what Jesus says in in John five thirty nine. You search the scriptures um, because they testify of me. He's he's actually not giving them. I mean, it is about the whole Bible there, but he's actually also kind of giving them a backhanded slap over the head, like you know uh, Gibbs does in NCIS to you know McGee or one of those kind of people. <laughs> it's it's not actually a compliment. It. You know they they think that they know the Bible. They search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. You know it's it's not actually a compliment. Um, it, we are to search the scriptures. We they are, they do tell us about Jesus, but pursuing just studying the Bible for pursuing. Uh, studying the bible's sake uh, it's not going to be enough now it it is good to do that because you know uh, we we need to come back and say because you know the whole bible does have a whole focus on on the person and the the work of of jesus and and you know as we already we talked about that so that's what that's something that i would say and we're supposed to mind the mind the scriptures because they they tell us who god is and what he's what he's like uh you know so we we have to i would say the reading the bible is great uh but studying the bible does is it helps us to dig in a little bit more like say like alex for example you're you're preaching through mm-hmm. i think it was hosea right so, you're preaching through Hosea. Uh, one good thing to do with, with, for people in, in the churches, and I tell people this, if you can't read any other book, you know, cause you're so busy, at least read the book that your pastor is preaching yep. through. So, read Hosea and just keep reading it over and over and over again. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, I, I, i've had many pastors say please thank you so much for saying that because i really appreciate it and so guys like pastor your pastor is going to be encouraged if you tell go up to him and say hey you know i'm joining with the church and we're reading this that's another reason why i'm a big fan of small groups um in in focusing them on sermon review because then you're you're helping people to think through even more about throughout the week about, you know, when they meet, about the sermon and, and those kind of things. So I mean, there's a lot to say about that, but I would just say I guess some some of those things.
1: I think it's a great point and something I'm actually, you know, it's hitting home with me, um mm-hmm. to get into uh the word that my pastor's preaching and then as well as, you know, then you can you can dig into Bible studies, you know, in, in, in the small groups and what <laughs> What I, I guess what I always struggle with is that um, you know you're at a church, you're in a small group, whatever, and it's to me, it's what's the word? I guess I'm dumbfounded that so many people don't really want to dig in to to scripture, um, and it becomes more about just you know kind of glossing over the the famous text, um, and it almost it, it almost comes off, and, and we see this a lot. That people want to do Christianity their own way because it's a very they they want to personalize it and it's like well this is this is mine and I said that earlier like this belongs to me and this is how I do it and this is good enough but uh, you know by reading the Word God reveals and, and this is part of studying right he's he's revealing how he's to be worshipped and how he's to be prayed to so you know going back to the pastor you know this is something the pastors would want to drive home and and make sure that they're bringing the congregation up in 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 that way. Is that does that sound right? Is that yeah. am I off here?
3: No, that's good.
1: What do you think Alex? I I really have nothing else to
2: add. You guys are killing it. I'm just <laughs> I'm 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 just Sitting back and listening to it, and and it's true. I mean, if we if we are not as pastors encouraging our congregations to read, even just the books that we're working through or the passages that we're working through, then we're doing a disservice to them. And in whatever Bible study or small group setting we are, we really need to encourage, you know, just a little bit deeper study. Like, look, you guys don't have to be theologians you don't have to go to seminary you don't you know and like i tell my confirmands you don't have to know this on the level i know it you just need to basically cover the most fundamental aspects of class there should be nothing that is 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 complicated in this and 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 i think even just basic biblical literacy can be simple for people to just pick up over time and again I think you said it earlier in the show is you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be you know a profound theologian and know all the ins and outs chances are they're going to take you a number of years before you really are comfortable in in your ability to articulate what you're reading and and that's not a and that's not a bad thing either you just you take it little by little step by step
1: you build upon the most basic found foundation yeah. and you w- move forward w- from there. Yeah, and you know what just to add on to that um, it, Dave with your book. This book actually is a great starting point for 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 someone who um, you know a, a relatively new Christian or Christian you know that is in any place in their walk to pick up and read because it really you really lay out some great you know again you you lay out the issues but you you provide you know what are we to, what are we supposed to do about it? Because if you don't start somewhere, and, and I'm I'm saying that because this is a this book, the word explored is a great starting point. Because if you don't start somewhere, um, you know you're you just you become in danger of just being a leaf floating around, not rooted in God's word or anything else. So why don't you talk a little bit more about you know you you touch on this as well in the book about knowing and understanding Scripture and um. And, and the ways to do that and, and why we should do that, why we should have it on the tips of our tongue.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, Charles Spurgeon once said of John Bunyan, right, uh, this John Bunyan bleeds but bleen, Spurgeon said, if you were to cut it, it may bleed but bleen you know the point there that Charles Sp- Spurgeon was making is literally not that uh, you know uh, bunyan is going to if he cut him he's going to bleed out comes bible verses but but that <laughs> you know in the stress of life uh in the things of life when you know life is hard and by the way you know he spent a long time bunyan did in in prison uh you know for the faith and the thing about yeah. that is, is like that—that that shows, like, in the middle of testing, where your hope, where your confidence is, and you know, you might not be in prison listening to this. You know, I hope not by God's grace. But you know, the thing is, is that trials and tests are—they're they gonna, going to come in our lives, and uh, they're going to—they're going to squeeze out of you what's already inside of you. And and so what's what's really inside of you? Like you should be preparing in, in now and getting and digging into scripture. That's you know John Newton is an excellent example. Right, he is a pastor and the author of the hymn Amazing Grace. Uh, he he says that we're to be miners who seek their treasures by mm-hmm. digging and examining the scriptures. So you know how do we how do we do this? Well. You know, we do this personally by, you know, reading the Bible or even listening to it. You know, we mentioned, Mm -hmm. I mentioned uh, going through the book your pastor's reading. I think also taking a, I would say, even for pastors, taking a whole Bible approach. Whether you're listening to the Bible every day in addition to, you know, your sermon prep, I think that's really, really important. It's a blessing uh, to do that. It just helps you to stay focused on the whole Bible rather than just the book that you're preaching on. But also for the average Christian, you know, in the pew, re- listening or re- even reading the whole Bible is is such, such an important thing. Um, even if you're even if you're just going to listen to the book your pastor's preaching in, uh, take, you know, we're talking about, by the way, we're not talking like five hours here, uh, we're talking, I'm talking like five to 15 minutes to start, you know, you, you, li- you yeah. read a passage of the Bible and then, and then, you know, read it, uh, you know, and then maybe get a co- good commentary or something like that, you know, ask your pastor about that and, you um, those kind of things. There's also lots of good recommended commentaries on Charlie's website, Tim Chally's website, and uh, Ligonier has a good recommendations for for commentaries. So there's plenty of resources out there to help you to dig into the scriptures. Uh, start by you know reading five to ten minutes. Um, read at least the book that your pastor's preaching through. Get in there. That's going to help your biblical literacy because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be sitting under that 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 book right so you might as well get to know it and that'll help you like you know and and also i would say you know if you if you struggle with reading through the whole bible um maybe just that approach to to focusing on one book at a time there's nothing wrong there's nobody you're not going to be uh holier or or any better than anybody else because you read through the whole bible um in a year or, or any more or less holy, if you read it mm-hmm. in five or 10 years, like the whole 66 books, it, the 66 books are still going to be there for you. Like it just right. work through it in a, in a, you know, this'll, this'll, it takes the pressure off. And, and that's really, I think uh, a big issue that people have is they feel so pressured. You know, how we talk about this is we pressure people. And, and that, I think how we talk about, Bible reading has to change. We have to take people, take it, the pressure off. You know, we need it. We need to keep some pressure on, but we also need to give a lot more grace. I think because I, I think that just, just how we, it's a delight. It's, it's, it's not if we don't talk about it as a delight and only talk about it in the imperative as a duty, then we're going to give the wrong impression about what Scripture wants to do in our lives. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really why, if we go back to talking about legalism, that's why people think, oh, well, you telling me to read my Bible over and over again. uh, I don't want to do that because I've tried that, and it doesn't work for me. Um, I'm going to talk about this in in just a little bit at the end, but— we have such a cookie cutter approach to discipleship uh today where we 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 say, "Oh, this works for me but then then what happens is is when the person tries it, they fail because we haven't helped them understand the principles behind we haven't helped them understand the why uh, we've told them the how, but not given them the tools uh the right to have the right motivation so
1: that's a great point i mean you know the the tools and how you accomplish these things again i'm sorry you know you pastors but i'm going back to the pastor i mean you know that is that is a huge part of what the pastor and what the church needs to needs to be doing and um you know again with the pressure i i think that was you know that whole segment which you just went through the pressure about reading scripture and, and pointing it back to legalism spot on and and i think I think so much, especially with social media, you see that as well with, you know, um, you know, the, the, the people go to church, be at church, you know, and, and I'm not saying don't go to church, don't get me wrong, go to church. But there's also this impression of like, you know, it's just like the vaccination, you know, if you're vaxxed, you're not a Christian, all of a sudden or something, or if you're, you know, if you got it or you didn't get it, it, it those are the kinds of things that I think we, we tend to you know, we become very harsh in our approach and in and, and our thought process, especially, you know, being keyboard warriors, be, you know, on social media, I, th- I think it's something to consider. So, um, you know, with respect to reading scripture, I mean, you nailed that. That's exactly, you know, th- that is exactly along the lines of what Alex and I always talk about, about studying, you know, and, you know, uh, if you're feeling this crazy pressure to do this because you need to check a box or something, it's,
3: you know, then, You know what are you really getting out of it? You're gonna you're gonna give up. That's what people do. They they give up because it doesn't work for them. And and so I mean we don't want people to give up. We we want them to get in this. And so yeah, that's that's why I talk about it. About about it this way, because I I want to help people to think about this in the right way, because I don't think that, you you know, like when I post that Alistair Begg quote that the whole Bible helps the the whole Christian, I get accused of of being a, a, a Bible thumping legalist and I'm just oh like, gosh. are you joking me? Like, are you kidding me? Like exhibition, like 1 million about biblical illiteracy. And that's why I am going to keep talking about, even if I'm the only Christian leader and it should be, to be honest, I feel like sometimes like you have all these guys and all these podcasts and I feel like there's not enough guys coming out and talking about it. And it, and it bothers me. Like, We've got to have this conversation. Like, I didn't write this book to be the only one having the conversation, and I'm not saying I am, but I'm saying, like, we got to get more podcasts and, like, more people talking about this because it it is the issue, and nobody wants to talk about, everybody wants to talk about social justice and intersectionality and all that, and we need to talk about that. Don't hear me wrong. Don't hear me wrong. We need to talk about that. But we got to talk about things that are really, really important, and I'm telling you, this is something that is – I mean, I I can't think of something that's more important to talk about than this. So
1: I, yeah, I totally agree. And and this is something, again, we, if, if you listen to the like past episodes, we have hammered this. And that's why when I met you on, 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 through Instagram and, you know, found this book, you, you, you gave me a copy. I appreciate it. It, you know, it hit home. I'm like, I can't wait to have this guy on and for Alex and I to talk to you because, um, You're right. More people need to talk. Everybody's talking about, you you hit it. You hit on that social justice, uh, you know, the the vaccination and all this other stuff. And they're losing sight of like, wait a minute. Uh, You know, what about your Bible? What about understanding and learning and growing and studying it? I mean, because it just... scripture it renews your mind right it feeds your soul it it strengthens your soul gives you comfort you know it eases your worries all these things when especially you know there's so much to learn um you know from scripture and and you know the the uh just the the cultural aspect of it as well you know there's so much it's just never never ending you know i got nothing (laughs) I've been pretty much speechless. You guys are killing it.
2: I mean, I guess it's like at the end of the day, you know, as a Christian, if your object of affection is Christ, wouldn't you want to get to know more about him? If if you are yeah, yeah. genuinely a Christian, then why wouldn't you want to just for five minutes read a gospel? Just... Pick up Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and just read for a few minutes. Read a few mm-hmm. verses. Read a chapter every day. And, and, and look, and if you don't make it every day, it's not the end of the world. If you don't make it for three weeks, it's not the end of the world. But you you can certainly start yeah.
1: and at least try to... Uh, Build something from from the from that you hit it right on the head. Where does it start? It starts, you know, absolutely. It could start with you, and you get uh, Dave. You'd mentioned you get some commentaries. You get a great study Bible. You know I, it, that uh, right there will get you on the road um, to to bi- biblical literacy. And there are there are a lot of great study bi- Bibles by sound um, teachers, and and even like the Matthew Henry. I mean, his his. Uh, his whole yep. commentary is just amazing on, uh, you know, on scripture. So, um let me ask you a question here. Um so what happens if you're in a church then and you're not being fed and you um you know, this this is an issue with, you know, biblical um illiteracy and you're seeing it unfold, you know, the person who's listening right now, you know, give give him some advice. Me?
3: <laughs> yeah, I love oh. you guys. <laughs> Alex says it is. it's about me, so I guess it's my turn. <laughs> Thank you, brother. It's like, all about you. You're on the mic, Mike. Your turn, man. No, it's, it's all about it's, D. It's, it's all about Jesus. But thanks, brother. Mm-hmm. You flatter me. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> just uh but no, I I think if you're if you're if that's you, you're listening, you wonder Okay, well, man, this is hitting home, and I'm struggling with this. I think you need to have a conversation with your pastor, like. And, and if you're not going to, you know, always have – it always goes back to as a Christian – you know, you should be a member of a local church because that's where J.I. Packer says the normal, healthy Christian life is. And you should have a conversation with your pastor and your elders about you know if they're not preaching expository sermons. Have a conversation and, and and dig in there. Find out. You know, you don't have to be. It doesn't have. You don't have to be rude. You can just say, hey, you know, I'm I'm wondering about the your approach to preaching or something like this. And um, you know, I'm I'm discovering this uh, expository preaching and really enjoying it um and 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 those kind of things um you know uh, that that provides an opportunity for them to respond and and engage, and and the same kind of idea really applies to pretty much everything. Um, you know, yeah. you just want to ask a lot of clarifying questions and, and say, you know, I would say, you know, probably if you're going to go to your pastor and ask him about his preaching, most pastors and most of my friends are pastors, so I'll say this: they're going to probably be a little bit sensitive about this, so don't be sensitive <laughs> if somebody comes and asks you. You know, I'm enjoying other uh, expository sermons from somebody else. If you don't preach expository sermons, I, I don't know what I don't know what to say to you about that. But <laughs> I, I do know that you probably should preach expository sermons. So I, I would just say, listen to the to the heart and the intent, and don't see it as like a criticism. But you know, just a, they're just coming and trying to figure out like what's happening, and and be okay with that because they're asking like a real question. Um, yeah. and, and so don't, don't be offended by that. Uh, just try to receive that with, with love. And maybe that'll be a means that the spirit will use in your life, pastor, to, you well, know, preach the whole word. Yeah. Just a general question for, for both of you guys.
1: Why would a pastor be offended when, w- you know, if, if a parishioner, uh, you know, congregant goes up and says, Hey, you know, and, and why would a pastor react? Like I, I went to a pastor at one point and said, Hey, have you heard of John MacArthur and, you know, and he was like, Oh, he, he's a little intense. So <laughs> love to hear your thoughts on that. Cause I, I, I think it's amazing. And this is where pride comes in and, and look, we all suffer from it, but a pastor of all people like to be offended. Um, it kind of baffles me somewhat that, you know, like I got that response. I'm like, he's a little intense. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> go
3: for it Alex
2: you guys go
1: well, you guys go uh, oh okay
3: <laughs> I I, um, all right go well, ahead Alex
2: I guess I guess it's pride <laughs> is the biggest piece in that if, if a pastor is offended by a congregant coming up and saying hey uh you know why are you not teaching from the bible or why are we getting you know 10 ways to be you know, financially secure in the kingdom of heaven, you know, all that type of junk. If a pastor is offended by that, then it's a pride issue that he's facing to the fact that he is more focused on trying to uh, either grow his attendance or, you know, make people feel good about themselves or, or whatever it may be. And he actually is missing the entire point of preaching Christ. Uh, and and I've had people come to me in you know my short time, and and they are, they're they're more offended to the fact that I bring the law into my sermons, and and I convict them, I convict them of their really? sin. I've had a few discussions with hmm. some people, and they're yeah, I wouldn't say they're offended, but they're they're right distraught, on. and and I I basically I've yeah. told them I said look you know I, there's there's there are better ways, and I'm learning as I'm still in seminary. There are better ways to present some things, but there will be sermons that I will cut you with the law. I will I will kill you with the law, but I can't leave you there and I have to bring you back with the gospel. I have to resurrect you with the gospel. And so I there's going to be sermons out there that I'm going to make people offended and I'm going to sound like I'm preaching hellfire and brimstone. But at the end of the day, what I do is, is I bring that balance of law and gospel. And, and and if I don't do that, then I'm failing as a preacher. But I guess that's just, you know, my perspective of if if a preacher's not preaching, whether it's expository or whatever, and a congregant's like, look, I, you know, started watching these preachers and you know, I'm really learning a lot, but I, you know, I just don't feel like I'm getting the same edification from you. If that pastor's offended, then there's mm. something wrong in that preaching. Now, if he says, "You know what? You're you're absolutely right. Maybe you know I need to start preaching more from the Bible." That's humility, and and that's that's not often seen mm-hmm. in big churches
3: yeah i would say i would say I, I definitely agree with with what you guys are saying i would say that probably the the root cause of that is a lack of fearing god like you you hit on this so well earlier uh you you feel the weight of it like when i preach i feel the weight of it like i'm i'm going to be held responsible you know well mm-hmm. we're all held responsible you know for every idle word out of our mouth scripture tells us that but like when you're preaching and you're preparing you feel a certain weightiness and and that should drive you right uh, in, a, in, a, in a we we don't understand our weakness our frailty and what that does is it helps us to acknowledge our weakness and our frailty and that's a that's actually a good thing it honors god um you know in when we're preparing and and, and we can be i think even honest about that with with people but it it starts with our like you mentioned earlier alex with our fear of god so the root cause would be a lack of uh, you know, uh, of fearing God, uh, 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 a wrong fear of man. You know, and and not and being afraid to just say, "Hey, this is the truth about it." It it really is a fear of man. You know, I think why why many pastors don't preach expository sermons, and and even the church. You know, well, if I hear the whole counsel of God, what what's going to happen? You know, oh, I'm going to become reformed, or I'm going to become a Calvinist, or you know, on and on, number of any number of things, or or you know. Whatever, but it, the whole Bible is for our whole good. It addresses as as Alistair Begg said, the whole person, and that's for that's a good thing. Like like we need that, so that I think that's kind of mm-hmm. what we're what we've been hitting on today, or at least what I hear a lot of of everybody sharing about. So
1: Scripture is about God. A church is the main purpose of church is to glorify and worship God. It's not about us. Yep, it's just it's not at all whatsoever so you uh, you hit on something Dave and and both Alex both of you guys and um, right here I've got another quote to pull up from uh, from, from from Mr. Dave Jenkins <laughs> when we look at the when we look at the mirror of our souls with the Word of God, we can find genuine freedom and blessing and know how to love each other. the Holy Spirit uses the word as a mirror to hold it up to our lives and convict our hearts. That's a quote, bro. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you, Dave. Why don't you go ahead and close this out with any last thoughts about the book? And, um, you know, this book, The Word Explored by Dave Jenkins. Go out and buy it. But, uh, yeah, I want to uh, turn the floor to you, and you can provide some last thoughts. Okay? Cool?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got... Yeah, I got, I got. I'll. I'll be brief. I got nine final thoughts, but the big one we've already hit on. The first one we've already hit on a lot is expository sermons. Sermons that preach yep. the point of the text, as the point of point of the sermon, and point people responsibly to the Lord. Pastor, second point, pastors and, and elders need to train their people through expository sermons, Q&A that will help them think biblically, theologically and practically theology classes in Sunday schools, small groups uh, where the Word is central. The whole life of the Church is to be grounded and shaped by the Word with the Gospel being mm. central to any teaching and preaching of the Word. Third, uh, I kind of hit on this earlier, but I'll, I'll just say it real quick. Pastors and, and Bible teachers should help their people learn to understand the principles of Scripture then provide helpful guidance and. Their preaching teaching and biblical counseling on taking those principles applying it to their lives you know this is a huge issue today uh today we do the opposite we we provide examples yes and those are important but and don't misunderstand me about that but rather than having a one-size-fits-all approach we need to see people in situations as complex with a a variety of different situations and backgrounds situations Mm -hmm. of life and we need to help them learn the principles of scripture how to take those principles and apply them to the various situations of their lives uh as we do this, it'll help them to take ownership of their faith, and you know, in a biblical sense of the word, like you know, to to take it and to apply it to their life. This this will also help them to see all of life through the lens of Scripture, but it also help them to uh, be transformed in their life by the Spirit through the Word of God. A uh, fourth point, Pastor: Prayer should be central to the life of the of the Elder Board to uh, and permeate the whole life in the church. Fifth point, uh, Pastor: Encourage people in the right. Way to read their Bible from delightful duty, as we've talked about, not obligation. Sixth, Pastor, prioritize not only expository preaching in your ministry, but also the ministry of discipleship and biblical counsel. Address the whole person from the Word of God and have your ministry grounded in the Word and trust the Spirit to transform people by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit. Seventh, Church member, Uh, regular Bible reading and prayer is a means of God to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of the word of God. This is going to help you do you like, you want to be used by God, get in the word of God, have the proper motivations uh, for reading and even for seasons of rest and service and whatever capacity God might use you. uh, And eight church member, get in a Bible study. You're going to receive care and love and encouragement uh, along with the studying uh, of God's word together. That's why I said sermon review is a good thing for for pastors to have in in their small groups Uh, the small group is going to provide a place for you to find christian friends to ask questions you might have to grow with other christians Uh, this is going to help you grow in your biblical and theological literacy point nine pastors i i'm gonna say this i might go a little bit long on this one Make sure, Pastor, you are training your small group leaders in good theology, encouraging them to read their Bibles, to lead their families well, to have time of rest, and to read good theology books. That if, if you're gonna have a small group, that is not a time to have just a, a time to gather around food and and, yeah. and and eating. Okay, that's great. Okay, like the small group by minute, the church I'm at here in Oregon, we do that. But yeah, I I I am so blessed that our our church here does this because we. They they really believe in good theology and they and they do this really well and I, I think this 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 right here this last point is so important because it will help small groups are such a place and I've led many of them over the years they're such a place where people can be they can let their guard down they can ask real questions they can receive real ministry and prayer and encouragement and support. And, and we all need it. Like I need it, you need it. Uh, every everybody in the church needs this. So you know, um, small groups really, really important that you train, pastor your your small group yourself. So, guys, I really have enjoyed being on your show today. Uh, thank you for what you guys do, and uh, I'm blessed by following you on Instagram. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh, same. I appreciate you coming on. What you laid out, balance. There's a balance, and. Um, and and pray for that balance and you know preparing for this and thank you for your book people the word explored by Dave Jenkins Dave where can where can we get the book where can people get the book
3: Uh, you know if you don't like Amazon you can go get it at Westminster Books
1: boom okay perfect there you go and if you want to hear more of Dave he's got a podcast like I said earlier the equipping you in grace podcast all major platforms Dave is that right yeah yeah Awesome. Okay, and he's got a website too, right?
3: Yeah, servantsofchrist.org. Boom. Have, we, have there over, you go. we have over we have over three hundred writers. You know, content from people all over the world. You know, all broadly reformed. You know, either you know you're a Baptist or a Presbyterian. You adhere to the Westminster Confession, or you know the 169, or, or something like that. So,
1: excellent. All right, Dave, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. We are a matter of truth. Here, we're signing off. Uh, We just want to say thanks again. You can find us on social media, uh, Instagram, and God bless. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless.